Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Jake the Snake Roberts. Giant Gonzalez. King Kong Bundy. Diesel. The Streak. Greetings, Grapple fans, and welcome. This is March 2019. This is the Lost Art of Wrestling. We think. We think, hopefully. It is. <laughs> I was waiting for Bunkles to chime with his usual kayfabe. Oh. Which, the first time he hasn't done it, I'm quite amazed. Well, you know, it's 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 a landmark episode, and I, I felt as though I should... I should, you know, be a bit be a bit more professional. At least for these first moments. And you never told me that beforehand. I never told you what? That you weren't planning to say kayfabe. Well, you know, I got I got I gotta keep you on your toes. <laughs> oh, such a dick. Yeah, man. See what has kept us on our toes is tech. <laughs> yeah, tech can lick my balls. Yeah, I mean, you've had problems, I've had problems, Bunkle has problems, so... Cheers. Bunkle's had child and phlegm problems. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so every headset I've tried to use today hasn't decided it didn't want to work, so I am currently um, on the end of a phone, so... All fun and joy. Why? Yeah. And this is, of course, our annual tradition where we pick... For oh well, we do cover a wrestling topic, can we say? Mm-hmm. There's a topic in it, really. We'll go for topic. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a huge topic. Yeah, it's it's yeah. like yeah, it, it, it's like a wrestling moments. Hmm. Well, last year we covered WrestleMania 17, 18, 30, and <sighs> WrestleMania nine. Ah, lovely. <laughs> And this year, we're covering one of the most well-known WrestleMania moments in history, The Streak. So, um, first of all, lads, what do you really... I'm guessing you probably didn't watch any of The Streak before um, the network came about, did you really? Um, but it's always I, something you've known of. Yeah, I'd seen bits and pieces, like, you know, like... I'd seen WrestleMania, I'd seen the match with Triple H at 17, I'd seen eight, the match with Flair at 18, you know, bits and pieces like that, but any of like, the real early stuff, I'd not seen it before the network. Oh, I'll have to second that. I mean, I was quite late coming to watching wrestling like full-time sort of thing. I used to, like I say, I used to catch on WrestleMania here and there, you know, acquire it via means. Um, but I'll be talking like I didn't know when WrestleMania was at the year at this point, so I'm downloading it in like September. Just think, oh, I just fancy a bit of wrestling, so I'd get a bit so of you're wrestling. Like way behind. I yeah. was, yeah. So I first started watching like full time in 20, the very very beginning of 10, 2010. So my first WrestleMania street match, as it happened was the second uh, Shawn Michaels match. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so 
I had a lot of catching up to do. And yeah, so I, obviously I was aware of the streak the first time I sort of watched it. Yeah, yeah, it was a big deal. It was a really big deal by then. It was. Well. It, it really well, was. Funnily enough, it was only... Uh, I only noticed there was something when Paul... I think we were covering 18. And Paul said something like, you can, you can you notice Taker counts in his hands. He's like looking, going... I'm yeah. T- I'm, I'm telling you, like... Yeah. So... But, like, my first... Earliest memory with, like... Take up Mania is probably I watched. Uh, I had an old VHS called The Best of WrestleMania, and it showed bit snippets of Take Take a Kane and Take a Gonzalez and that on there. Because it was like going through from like WrestleMania one to WrestleMania fourteen, I want to say. Mm. So, yeah, right. Wow, VHS even then, I'm surprised. It was on VHS. It got, got it from Asda, and I now own it on DVD as well because it's a really oh. good doc. It's a really good little documentary. <laughs> that would be like 2007, I want to say. Uh, Maybe 2006. The, the DVD came out in... It would have been about 2000, 2001. So, yeah, Mark Henry... Our Mark Henry's match was in 2006. So, oh, it was long before yeah, that. See, this yeah. is, this, this is like... It was like giving me the history of WrestleMania up like, from 1 to 14. So it the yeah. came out on, on VHS in like 99. Uh, uh, I'm mixed up. Yeah. All right. Cause I got, well, I've got it written down in front of me because we did our notes. I, I got a sheet of paper in my book and I wrote every single match down, what order they were in from 1 to 21 and 1, which is obviously the end of the street. And written their WrestleManias next week, but I always counted down the number of victories. So number 14 would be Mark Henry, number 14, like 14 and 0. So WrestleMania 14 would be the seventh match in the streak, which was Kane. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm confusing myself, as per usual. Um, well, it, it is late and you've not been... Uh, yeah, I've been, been awake been up, for a while. Up, you've been up since five, so... Yeah, it's, well, I've been up since 5 a.m. this morning on and off, and it is now currently, well, just gone 11 at <laughs> night recording this. So, so safe yeah. to say, lagging just a little bit. I'm more well, like the Churchill pudding dog at this moment. So. Well, luckily, this this uh, this event only covers, we're only covering the first five matches per this episode, and luckily they're all short matches. Yeah. <laughs> And as we find, as as we will find out, it's probably merciful that they are quite short. There's no yeah. probably about it. There is no probably about it. It is Jesus Christ. <sighs> Absolutely. So, so um, we may as well jump into our first match. Absolutely. Taking you all the way back, all the way back to March twenty fourth, nineteen ninety one, at WrestleMania seven. I'm glad you wrote the dates down, because I didn't. No, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> every, every good historian knows his dates. Well, I've written, I've written the WrestleMania it was at, so. So, yeah, I've got WrestleMania 7 that he was at. Uh, so, well, it's... We've got Undertaker ta- versus Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Yeah. It's the, the sixth match in a 14-match card. Jesus. The, the entire... The entire event ran at around three and a half hours, and this is with squat, squat, a couple of squash matches and a couple of other matches running under five minutes, including this one. Indeed, he only went four and a half minutes, roughly. 
420, I believe. Yeah. That's four minutes and 20 seconds of the hardest wrestling I've ever had to sit through. <laughs> Some of, yeah. Well, well yeah. Spoiler say, alert. <laughs> wrestling in your nine. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there, yeah. So, yeah. Um, either, you're too, either you're aware of the build-up to this match? No. Um, no, because... There was no promo package. There was no promo package. What there we was... got was there was a promo package for something to do with one of the matches that had just been. And then, yeah. Supervised. Uh, there was, so there was no real promo package or anything, unfortunately, for this event. It was an older one. Yeah. Um, but we did have, from my research I deducted, we had, um, it was a case of, Taker was beating jobbers and established stars, which Jimmy Slucker apparently didn't like, which led to the feud, and that was it. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> you, you, thing is, though, it all, it's a bit ironic because it smelled of a swash straight away because it had the usual thing. If you watch a Monday Night Raw, if you know for a fact there's going to be, here is local indie talent that's already in the ring with no introduction. Yeah. And that's what we got with Snooker. He had no intro. His music was playing and he was already in the ring. Yeah, and he looked roided up to hell. Yeah. Well, I, I <laughs> did know. Tell there's no, there's no wellness tests. Yeah, this is but this is before the uh, steroid scandal, isn't it? So. Yeah. Um, I did I did notice, as I noted, Snooker's in phenomenal shape because he's about 47 at this point. He's Chats. also in boots. Yes, he yes. is in yeah, but he didn't look. He didn't look the best. He, I can say, you can tell. I mean, Stevie Wonder could see it was going to be a <laughs> yeah. Um, but then it sort of we cut cut to Taker coming out with Paul Bear and the urn, and then it cuts to a few shots of like scared-looking kids. Yeah, the <laughs> camera was focusing focusing on them scared kids. One bit in particular, there was what the same one. You see, I thought one of them looked bored and not scared. Probably maybe that was ju- maybe it was just me because I was because he must be sat there thinking, okay, what what's this bum doing in the ring? And oh wait, here comes a guy with a really slow entrance. <laughs> yeah, I've just, I can say Paul Bear and you know Paul Bear who was coming out to the ring, he could win a gurning competition. Oh yeah, definitely. He was like yeah, gurning away. Taker was coming down to the ring. I think this is before he realised how to do facial expressions properly because he just like a kid that was sulking. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can tell it's at the you can tell it's at the beginning of you know of the Undertaker the basically. Yeah. It's you well, know it... what you got to remember is the Undertaker's character. What was it from Summer Survivor Series till WrestleMania? That's what four months. So Undertaker yeah, yeah about four months to build. Yeah, so you can't expect it to be polished at this moment in time. No, no, it's true. Yeah, but he was more. I think at this point it was more like he was like a zombie at this point character. Especially yeah, he was supposed he to be around. undead. Yeah, well, the way he moved around, like for example, I put, like I say in my notes, that the way he was moving around the ring in character, walking really, really stiffly and really, really slowly. Mm. And obviously, yeah. he had the moments then in the match where he burst into life, like for example, with the flying clotheslines that he became trademark of Taker. Well, yeah, he. he there's... Excuse me. As I sort of noticed, he start he dominates the start, showing his quite a bit of agility, like with the clothesline and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
not really letting Snooker get much offense in until Snooker goes to like land the crossbody. Absolutely, yeah. It was basically just all taker for about ninety five percent of this match. Yeah, to be fair, I've not really made that many notes on what happened during the match because it just seemed kind of to me. It seemed, you know, like you say, they were obviously trying to put Taker over. Yeah, and it just can't. I think Snooker did him a bit of a mis, like a disservice in that he seemed to no sell a lot to me. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just it seemed like a very standard fare, really. You know, not something that I'd expect to have a WrestleMania match anyway, but it, I suppose it fits in with back in the day type. Yeah, it was a bit of a space filler for the, for the time. Well, we thought that you had much space to fill with the, time, the running time of the pay-per-view and the amount of matches you had on the card. But that's pretty much what it was. But it also, like you say, built, it, it's helped build the, the, the dominance of what The Undertaker was to become. Yeah. It helped, it showed that he was... He was borderline indestructible at that point in gimmick. Mm. You know, he's undead, he can't feel pain because Undertaker was basically no selling himself. And, um, you know, when the Snooker was piling on the feds at points, like Taker just moves out of the way and yeah. just like, like swats him away. So it, the whole match was basically built around, you know, that the Undertaker could take on someone like Jimmy Superfly Snooker, who's an ex-champ. Was he a champion? No. His main event, though, he was definitely main event. He was so, main event uh, with uh, Don Morocco in the, yeah. in the garden. That's where he did the whole like the uh, splash off the cage and things like that. But he never. I'm pretty sure he never actually held a like a, a title. Yeah, well, it was a so. main event. It was main event talent anyway. So, you know, he's, he was capable of taking on Super, Super, Jimmy Snooker and basically just kicking seven shades of shit out of him effortlessly. Yeah. 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 So, well, as I noticed, sort of towards the the end of the match, it's like he goes, uh, Snooker goes for a springboard crossbody. Yep. So he catches him. Drops him with a sick-looking tombstone where it looks like he like, actually lands on the back of the top of his head. Yep. And gets the three in four minutes and 20. Yep, and it was predictable as fucking shit. Because of the way, <laughs> obviously, the way the match was, like, presented. Because you had your guy that was going to eat the pin, come out to no entrance, no reaction. And then you had Taker come out and the base, the place did explode. There was a decent-ish pop for him. Yeah, I see. I, well, maybe maybe it's just me. I I didn't I didn't I don't think I noticed that. But you know, obviously the there was a bit of reaction from like the kids and whatnot. But I wouldn't have said that. You know, the place exploded, so to speak. But it there was a there was a I thought there was a bit of noise there. There was a bit of noise, but I think there was more building towards the fact that he was um you know he was supposed to be this scary both yeah yeah character which is why they were focusing on the little kids and things like that, so... Yeah. yeah I put him, like I say, I put... It ended, to sum it up, it was a squash match, predictable looking at the build. Springboards are greater things, pardon the pun. Yeah. I think I, I, I put Snooker looked like a bum, and uh, <laughs> I gave it zero <laughs> stars. Oh, yeah, we were we, we, we going to rate them out of casket, <laughs> weren't we? Well, fine, zero caskets. Yeah, 
I'll right, give it one because it was it was his debut at Mania. So I'll go in bet- I'll go in between and go half. Fair enough. <laughs> Just to it's be a dick. Of, yeah, it's one of them caskets that's come after a magic trick. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, just it wasn't a WrestleMania match, but then again, WrestleMania's developed into something completely different now to what it was then. So, Absolutely. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, back then it was all about the stars who they could. Yeah. And that's who you're tuning to see. So, oh, what? Who the? Why the fuck is Cindy Lauper there? Yeah, yeah. You know, or whoever it is. But now it's like, oh, we got uh, who was it? Uh, who was another one that they had back in the day? Muhammad Ali. But now it's like, oh, a celebrity. Why would you have a celebrity at WrestleMania? Oh, and when they do, they're always awful. Exactly. Or well, you've never heard of them. Yeah. Snooky. No, not, not even that. Snook, it was Snooki like... was awful. I knew who she was though. It's like Maria Menounos. Who? Yeah. Or the, yeah, the ones Snook, they had was... doing the the national anthem. I think it was last year. Like who the fuck are these two? Mm. Like, never heard of them. Yeah. Who was it that did the concert and got booed? Was it Machine Gun Kelly? Yeah, but he's fucking dog trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. So yeah, no. so that was the 1-0. So moving on next, we're going forward a year to the 5th of April 1992 at WrestleMania 8. It's Undertaker versus Jake the Snake Roberts. It's the second match of a nine-match card, this time only running just under three hours total. Mm. So he was um, not far off curtain jerking for the second WrestleMania. No. Yeah. One, to be fair, cool. one thing I did like is this time we did get a bit of like a promo package, which I quite liked, and I thought Jake's promo was good as well. Which Jake Jake's always been a good promo though. Yeah. Well, he has. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not. Uh, you know, he has always been a good promo. But I thought, you know, doing doing a little doing a little promo with him before the match made the match feel more important. Yeah, it weren't just a throwaway match. Yeah. It was something behind it. Yeah, and I thought I thought his promo was quite nice, and you know, it built up the you know the DDT, and to be fair, made it feel like a bigger move than obviously nowadays it is. This is it. We had this. We well, we had this conversation, didn't we? I think on the last show where we were talking about. Obviously, you know what have people got to do to kill each bit. What people got to do to finish a move? Yeah, finish your moves. Like you got to pretty much just kill each other now. To you know, you pull a fucking gun out and shoot them in the head. That's what it's going to be like <laughs> in a few years' time. But what you got to remember is, like in 1990, a DDT was a finishing move. Yeah, a and suplex was a finishing move. Yeah, that's it. it. Was to to a degree, I'd almost say it was more believable back then. Exactly. I mean, nowadays, what a Phoenix splash a few years ago would have been finished anyone off. Now it's yeah. part of somebody's repertoire. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So, back in the day when the DDT was you know, actually a believable move that you thought, wow, well, someone who could execute, you could do it yourself if you looked if you watched it. But obviously someone with decent training obviously can hit it effectively. It's sort of like, for example, karate. You can see someone doing a karate kick and you think to yourself, oh, I could, physically I could do that. But only with training can you do it effectively. 
Yeah, I know what you're yeah. saying. But we like someone's like, oh, a Phoenix splash. Like, oh, I'm, I can't do that. No. It's 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 one of them you have to, you know, it's how you... If, if we're going off on a bit of a tangent, I'll try and keep it short. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it is about believability and it's about, you know, like you say, you... you yeah, we want to see the fantastic moves and you know a lot of people are into the flip de doos I'm not one of them. I'm not. But I'd I'd much rather I'd much prefer to see somebody using a DDT as a finisher. That is a DDT. It's not we're not faffing around people's arms or this that and the other. It's a DDT because at the end of the day, if anybody grabs hold of your head and drives it into the floor as hard as they can, it's going to knock you out. Absolutely. You know, it's just like a normal move, and anyone's really like move set now. Yeah, it's a setup move for something else. It's one of them. But yeah, what do you um, do, bro? What do, you do, bros? So but yeah, yeah. Jake, Jake's running on the uh, trust me, trust me, trust me gimmick. Hmm. Yeah. I can't say for it. Sadly, I need to. Taker's playing on the playing on the no sell stuff, having recently turned face. Mm. But uh, this does lead to the sort of the promo package. Uh, I'm not sure if there's covered on the promo package, but the uh, Jake Roberts appeared on the uh, the funeral parlor. Yeah, yeah, asked, that is asked, in the promo. Uh, yeah, he asked Taker whose side he was on, but then he actually actually got on the mic and was like, "Not yours." Hmm. But then uh, Robert's attempted to make the point that he can actually hurt the dead man by trapping his hand in the casket and then taking him down with chair shots. <coughs> All right. So. But yeah, like I guess I put my notes at first. At least, at least Jake has an intro this time. I think it was needed though for this one because it's, there's a bit of a feud to it where it's like snooker in it. It's like. What's what's this match for? It's just oh, it's just filler in it, really. Yeah, well, this is actually has a storyline. Yeah. So, but then you got Taker out again with a decent pop, and it takes him what feels like the rest of the pay per view to get to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what most of the three hours was, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, it's. You're almost praying for badass to turn up so he has some some, some mode of, of transport to get him to the ring quicker. <laughs> did he hit those old like ring carts again? They had it like WrestleMania free. We did, funny enough, have something like that in one of the pay per views coming up. Yeah, that's true. So I think it was I think it would be WrestleMania 12, I believe. I could be wrong, but it's one of the more recent ones. All right. So. Yeah, yeah, there is one where like it, they, they go about how he's gliding to the ring, and it's like mm, he's not though, is he? We can clearly see he's being pulled. <laughs> yeah, but, I think it was, was oh, I think it, that would have been um, I think it was Jerry the King Lawler that said he floated or something. Yeah, yeah, it was somebody like that. But yeah, but we, we, we're digressing now, aren't we? We're going on. Yeah, we'll, we'll cover when we get there. Stick on the topic. Let's. Uh, so Jake Taker. Jake. Yes. Again, it seemed a a lot of it was kind of standard fare, really. You know, choke spots. You know, a lot of corner 
action, you know, take a like mm-hmm. whipping people from corner to corner, it seems. Yeah, his standard movesets, like, coming coming out more and more, like, each with each one of these matches, it's like, oh, he's, he's decided he's going to keep doing the flying clothesline. Oh, he's decided he likes to work, you know, mm-hmm. from this corner to this corner and so on and so forth. Um, there was a little bit of psychology though at the beginning, for example, like literally it was only it wasn't for very long, but I noticed it. Is when, when the match started, Taker was in the middle of the ring. And you yeah. had you had Jake trying to find an opening round the outside. You know, mm. going round in a circle in the ring, like like where you know, where where what angle can I get him from? Yeah, yeah. Well, so I, I did sort of pick up on something with Jake. He sort of goes in, tries to land a jab or something, and backs off. Yeah, he's like trying to like see if any of his offense actually takes, you know, does has has any effect on him. Yeah, yeah so it's almost like he's trying to make him move. There's that as well. Yeah, he pe- plays a bit of stick and move, as I know, but then he sort of take it, goes over the top, and like does the whole like goes over the top, and then lands on his feet. But going over the top just feels like he's taking so long to do. It's yeah. all like almost like a slow motion, like, oh, I'm falling backwards. Oh, look, I landed on my feet. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I, I... He, he does something as well in this match as well, Taker, that becomes a staple of what Taker does. Especially, like, you know, the midpoint of the streak is when he gets clotheslined over the top rope and lands on his feet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he becomes like a regular spot. Which is like trademark taker. It's like it's almost as synonymous as old school became at one point. But um, yeah. fully enough, I did also notice like what you said, Bunkle, about the, uh, the the turnbuckle frozen strikes. Yeah, it just seemed to me turnbuckle strike, turnbuckle. Yeah, it's it, it seems like an Undertaker. It's like it, I, there are people who like just whipping people into the ropes and doing move and then whip them into the ropes again and do another move. He seems to like working people in this corner. And it's like, I, I get it because in a way it is, it is good that, you know, you're going to eat, almost going to each corner. So each like section of the crowd is getting a bit hyped that you're in that area. So, you know, it is, it is quite good in that sense, but it's bloody boring to watch. <laughs> Yeah, it's when well, you get the same move over and over and over again. But at the same time, it's because of the Royal the moves he was using, it would kind of be sold as well on commentary because you had Gorilla, Gorilla Monsoon, selling the the story of the agility versus size. Obviously, because Jake was the smaller guy, he was trying to use his you know speed to get on top of the Undertaker, who had the size and the power. Yeah. And I think that the corner throwing spots, well, that was probably feeding that story where he was using his power. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't deny, you know, the idea behind doing it. It's just, it, it does become like his, like standard. You know, that's that's what Taker likes to do. Yeah, he, he, he became staple for a little while. Yeah. So yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Well, yeah, you said ref Taker was face coxie. Um, the ref, so there was a few moments in the match where I think Taker was intimidating the ref. Yeah. So it was like, oh, I better not 
pull him up because, you know... He's yeah, a, but the, uh, the Undertaker at this point in his career, he's an intimidating character anyway, isn't he, really? Well, yeah. So, it's like if he's not intimidating to his opponent, like, what? what's the point of the ref not being intimidated sort of thing? Like, so, yeah, I mean, if, or if vice versa. Scaring, if you're scaring kids, you've got to scare the ref. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you can't not have... You can't have the ref not scared, but then his opponent's, like, shitting it. Mm. Like, it's, there's got to be... A bit of give and take with it there. Yeah, that's true. That's um, true. So yeah, Taker goes for a tombstone. It gets counted into a DDT, but then he sits up. Yeah, sits straight up. Which annoyed arm, me. <laughs> followed by a short arm straight into another DDT. Yeah. Yep, yeah, which made no... Well, not that the move made no sense, but then Jake goes after Paul Bearer. And it was kind of like, why? He's got the match won there if he goes for it. But it Isn't didn't. It? It, it, it made it made Jake look bush league to me. Yeah, because he's getting diver- he's getting distracted by you know outside. He should be a, he should be all focused on the guy in the middle of the ring. It's not even that. It's not. It's not even like Paul Bearer jumped on like the ring apron or like you know to try and break up the free count or whatever. He literally is stood facing away from the ring and put and Jake goes after him, and it's like, yeah, why? Yeah, there's no need for it, is there? You've just seen the guy sit straight up and completely no sell your finisher, which makes you look a bitch anyway. So you've hit it again and he's actually down. Pin him. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and like, I got told once that the whole point of a match is to beat your opponent. So why would why would you not pin him? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, so in the end, anyway, Jake goes after Bearer, and then Taker just sits up and then just tombstones Jake on the outside. Yeah, tombstones him, rolls but him in. If, one, two, if, you know, if you know, if you notice the tombstone, he does it on his knees. Like Jake's head doesn't even like go anywhere near the the mats or anything. Hmm. Good, that's very, being safe. <laughs> it's a very it's a very strange looking tombstone. It's obviously when I've every time I watch like uh this match, like it's like oh no, it's that weird tombstone. <laughs> At least it's a safe tombstone though. It's, it is, but it's 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 the, my gripe is it's like he's on the camera. <laughs> like, yeah, true. But he just throws like, him in like, and gets the cover. It's like when the camera gets too close to fo- to open hand fist punches. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I know what you're saying, but yeah, that ends um, up that ends up being the match. Yeah, taking throws him in the ring and go gets him with the cover in six minutes and thirty six seconds. Yeah, it was all right. I thought the match was okay. Did what it was supposed to do. Both guys got the shit in. <laughs> an improvement on the uh, snooker. Oh, Absolutely. definitely an improvement on snooker. Yeah, it may take look invincible as well, the way he obviously took the DVT and the clotheslines and shit like that, and he just sits back up. Mm. Yeah. So, it's obviously, it's building character again. What What do you rate it? Um, I'd say two out of five for the caskets. Hmm. It's quite. I, I feel that it was quite. That's quite generous. I gave it. I gave it one star just because it made Jake look awful. And I think they could have done it. I understand they wanted to do the tombstone on the outside to try and sell, you know, try and sell the take or do anything to win. But you could have done that spot in a different way. You didn't. You didn't need to make Jake look sh- stupid. 
Yeah, I agree. In a way. Yeah, I'm going to give it one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we agree on something. <laughs> it was like second second match of the streak. It's like, not good, not great, just there. It was just there, really. Like, standard taker match, really, at this point. Like, just going through the motions. And, uh, but they had added a bit of a feud, so like, it get, gets get it the extra half. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. a little bit more effort. Yeah. Yeah, it is. There's a bit more effort into putting something behind just the fact that he's a big, indestructible man. Yeah, fair enough. So, so yeah, we move on. Yeah, moving on to, if I can find the date, because I didn't write this one down. You probably wanted to block this from your memory, I believe. Yes, but I did. I can tell you, I uh, can tell it's, you, WrestleMania 9. And it's it WrestleMania was... 9. Go on. It was the 4th of April, 1993. Can we just, can we just do it? Can we just do a Men in Black moment? I just said someone back there, just use one of the <laughs> So we can forget this match actually fucking happened. I wish we could forget this match. If you could call it a match. It was, I don't know what it was. It was an abomination. It was a fucking abortion. That's what it was. <laughs> well, there's actually a bit of build to this match as well. Oh, God. Um, Undertaker well, we ha- shooting... So we have covered this match in previous episodes, but we, we... we have we covered it on WrestleMania nine, but I don't think we yeah. went in as detail with this um, this bit of the feud though, because Undertaker was, was feuding with, with Harvey Whippleman, who was a manager at the time. Yeah. Um, he defeated Kamala at SummerSlam nineteen ninety two, and they had a rematch at Survivor Series nineteen ninety two, where uh, Taker beat Kamala in a coffin match. So, so Whippleman said he wanted revenge and, inter- and brought in Gonzalez at the Royal Rumble uh, 93 and uh, got eliminated because of Gonzalez, which set up, sets up the match for WrestleMania 9. Wonderful. Yay. So, yeah, there you go. So, so my first note, because obviously we've done this before, my first note was literally, oh, fuck, not this again. <laughs> <laughs> but my, my first note is Gonzalez is a chump. Because he is a chump. Yeah, he is. I put the, I'll, for the, I'll go. I'll go full dis, full dis disclosure. I think that's my my catchphrase. Um, probably only plus I put in this match is probably it's the first time that Jim Ross Collins hates on a street match. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And also, no there was an, there was another first as well. It was taken out on a chariot, which for me is the first, in air quotations, special entrance that Taker gets at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. Not his normal entrance. It what? It's still. I wouldn't have said it was a good entrance, but yeah, it is special. No, no, it's different. It's it's different from his normal entrance, so it's special. What? Yeah. what to be fair, what, what made? If you haven't seen this match, please save yourselves. Yeah, just don't. We, we've do, we've done this so you don't have to. Yeah. Uh, I have now seen this match three times, and I'm surprised I still have eyes. Yeah, I wish I could gouge them out. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could gouge them out after watching the look, looking at Gonzalez's gear. Especially with that colour oh. for me, Uncle. Yeah. Right. That, oh, the ri- the ring the. 
his ring gear. Don't even get me started. Yeah, who actually okayed the fact that they put fucking was it arse hair on his um arse crack? Gave him an actual arse crack in his ring gear. <laughs> Whose decision was that? <laughs> Whose decision was that? It, it was more the fact of like we're gonna put this um like skin tight bodysuit on you and like uh we're gonna like um what's the word uh. Airbrush. Yeah. Do like a almost like a, a corpse onto it of sorts because that's where your career's gonna go. <laughs> Fucking down. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Then, sure, sure. Who who even greenlit signing this guy? If if you actually read anything about him, he was a basketball player who was so injured he could no longer jump. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I just feel sorry for everyone else that was involved that wasn't Gonzalez. But brutally honest, even the even Bill Alfonso, the ref, I felt yeah, sorry. Well, it's it's only uh, it was Ted Turner who brought him into wrestling because he was like because he was tall and that. He said, "Do you want to be a wrestler?" Oh yeah, okay. I think that was a trap. Yeah. He, was gonna, he knew he was going to end up in WWE because Vince McMahon has uh, massive ejaculations over his big men, so. <sighs> it's just so, it's so bad. Yeah, like... I mean, I, I I took notes of his offence and it's either a club, a choke or a low blow. That is all he does. The, no, he, do, he, does, he does a chin lock and it's the longest oh, yeah. fucking chin lock in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it I makes see... a Randy Orton headlock look like child's play. <laughs> yeah, I always I put it goes on and on and on and on. Fucking end this match. This match is seven and a half minutes long. Six minutes of it are a chin lock. Yeah. What's oh, the dear. worst thing is what the worst thing is you've got to take a sell in for this guy. And it's not even like it, it, I won't again, you've got to take a sell in, but it's not him selling like like, like I couldn't understand him like selling like like maybe if this guy could do a big move, a big move. But as you said, it's clubs and like punches. He doesn't even kick because he can't because his legs are in that shit shape. It's oh, so somebody tell me how this man got a job. I can't I, I can't say I feel sorry for him because he got paid to do this shit. How the fuck did you get a WrestleMania paycheck? You ah, oh, just oh, it's just awful. <laughs> well, funnily enough, this was uh, the eighth match of a ten match card. If it hadn't been Hogan Yokozuna at Mania Nine, it would have been a co-main event. And this yeah. went on. This went on after Luger Perfect. Jesus, a match that I actually quite enjoyed. Luger Perfect, but. It's just, it's just terrible. And the, 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 even the idea for the end of the match with the chloroform, I don't get it. He was in control for pretty much the whole match. Take a bit, a tiny bit of offense, and it's like, fuck it, knock him out. Why? I'm guessing part of the logic in that was like, uh, oh, he, whatever I do, he's gonna sit up. But if I chloroform him, he can't sit up. Yeah. Maybe, but even then, you know, we've uh, 
was it Gorilla who was on commentary saying he can smell the chloroform? And it was like, pretty sure you can't. You're in an open air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no. And a DQ loss. Uh, sorry, a DQ win for Taker. And we class this as part of the streak. That's that's appalling in itself, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, Gonzalez was appalling full stop. He'd been selling was bad. The first yeah. and only DQ as well at the street. Yeah. 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 And, and as it should be the only DQ <laughs> of the street, it shouldn't be included in the street because it was a DQ win. Just because he came out after and cleaned house doesn't mean that he stood on, you know, he was the hero in this. No. Everybody's a villain involved. Absolutely. So, shall we rate this match and get the fuck out of here for this match? Zero. I, I agree. I couldn't give... I, I'm guessing negatives weren't allowed. Well, I was about to follow up with minus five stars. Yeah. If I'm allowed to give it a negative, I'm giving it a negative. Yeah, go for it. Okay, negative all the caskets. <laughs> you ain't got no caskets, they're back being trees. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, so, so uh, yeah. fuck that match. Definitely fuck that match. Yeah, so Taker got the win in seven minutes and thirty three seconds, which, which felt a lot longer. Yeah, it did feel a bit longer than that. And moving on next, we have King Kong Bundy versus the Undertaker at WrestleMania eleven. Yeah, because he missed WrestleMania the... ten due to an injury. He did. This is the yeah. second second of April, nineteen ninety five. Yeah. Um. And first thing to note, Ted DiBiase has stolen the urn. He has. He's nicked it, and any reason why? Uh, if I recall. And from reading some notes here, it's when from Ted DiBiase bringing in his own Undertaker. He brought in a fake Undertaker. Okay. Whether that was to control it or not, I'm not sure. What? How do, oh, how, how how does this work? <laughs> so okay. he brought in a, he brought in a fake Undertaker, which right okay. So he stole the urn for the real Undertaker. Yeah. Yeah. Is this has the urn started to control him yet? Is my question. I think it's. I think it's. It, this it, during this match, I think it was like his. Re, he, he could recuperate with it. Right. Yeah. 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 So it's so, like his version of hulking gosh. Uh, at the uh, ninety-five Rumble, take a face to IRS. Yeah. Because um, he's part of the Million Dollar Corporation, and King Kong Bundy interfered, and. Uh, which let let them steal the Undertaker's urn, which is said to be the source of his power. Right. Okay. Okay. So yeah, it's it's now the magical urn that's the source of his powers. Yeah. You also got to then realise the booking. I mean, if that's the case, and you're really trying to sell that Tiffany Biassi is trying to keep this urn away from the Undertaker to stop him being so powerful, why bring it to the fucking ring? Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, fucking stupid. Fucking yeah. stupid. But, yeah, he got the entrance for King Kong Bundy, which, obviously, you know, he didn't have his own music. He had Ted DiBiase's music. Which yeah. I thought was really weird. 
Yeah, I thought but it was he's, he's part of like the million dollar corporation, so it kind of fits in. Hmm, I suppose, but yeah, I didn't, I, it didn't work for me. I mean, Bundy's intro was cut off by a recap and an interview, which had nothing to do with the match. No. Um, which I put then squash incoming. Yeah, it it, it was the equivalent of the he's already in the ring, Cole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, Bundy looks awful. He does look awful, but Lawler was bringing, bringing him up, which, by the way, is the first time Lawler's on comms yeah. for a street match. Well, um, to, but to he's quote... Been... I was going to say, uh, with uh, King Kong Bundy, to quote an old JCW DVD, he looks like a broken condom with limbs. <laughs> <laughs> he's not wrong. No, he's not. He really does. <laughs> Um, another another tidbit for this match as well. The uh, special guest referee was Larry Young, yeah, the uh, American League, League umpire. Why? Yeah, why? Um, he was an. Is the storyline when he was an out of work sports official because of the recently ended MLB Players Association strike and a lockout of the Major, Major League Umpire Association. Right. Why? They they talk why? about that a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah, it took me out of it a bit, that. Yeah, Lawler was bigging up Bundy as well, like I say, before he was coming down, or took, while he was in the ring before Taker's intro, for having the quickest pin at WrestleMania at that point. Yes, uh, nine seconds, I believe. Yeah, that was it. So he was obviously bigging up Bundy to be like a credible like opponent. Uh, then we have Taker coming out. With still his old school look, and it's the first intro that he used for at WrestleMania that had thunder, thunder mm-hmm. and lightning. So, yeah. So as you can see, as we're going through the years, the development of the Undertaker, you can see the evolution of Taker as you go on. Yeah, you can you can kind of see how like at least the Dead Man part of the the Undertaker gimmicks like progressing and how. You know the the zombification side of the thing sort of like was dying off a bit, and yeah. or paranormal as opposed to just being like some undead. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's moved away from that. He, he you know, like you say, undead zombie gimmick, and it's now he has magical powers gimmick. Yeah, type of thing. Absolutely, it's going towards more sort of like let's say the supernatural. Yeah, sort of yeah. Thing. Where he's got special powers. So, yeah. Uh, what we forgot to mention in the last match was it was the first use of old school at WrestleMania. Yay. Ah. That, mm. that move that I have no idea why it's in his repertoire. Because he yeah, does but... one move to the arm and shoulder. And yeah. he does it in every match. And then he doesn't work that body part ever again. No. But it's a trademark, so trademark move for Taker, so fuck it. Yeah. Also, he with with this one against Bundy, he lands in right pretty much centre of the ring. Yeah. Mm. Which is quite an impressive feat <laughs> at the time. Oh no, it definitely is. You know, there's no denying the athlete that he is. I mean, you know, you don't get to be that size and move that fast if you, you know, you, you don't you don't have some athletic prowess. Mm. So, so to speak. Yeah. 
Yeah, this this match seemed to focus like the commentary seemed to focus a lot on whether the umpire could count fast enough and the urn. It was all about oh he's got the urn back. No he doesn't. Oh he's got it back. No he doesn't. And they didn't really call a lot of what happened in the ring. I felt. Yeah, they were telling stories, weren't they? Yeah. Honestly. It kind of took like me out of it a bit. Yeah, it was like the match was an afterthought. And then you have bits of it where, for example, when Karma comes out and takes a re- eight, the urn and runs off with it, talks about yeah. melting it and turning it into a chain. Oh, yeah. God, I remember that. It was yeah. That was just weird. It was just a totally weird moment. It was like, what, wait, what? So you're a common thief. <laughs> how, how, is, how, how is this putting this character over? Yeah. Bits, bits of Mandan's about like, quick, send 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 a coloured man out to steal the urn. It's like, Vince, that's racist. I don't care. Just send somebody now. Godfather's <laughs> walking past like, oh, I'll go do that. Why not? WrestleMania moment, baby. Woo! He's getting, he's getting rid of the image like Vince sat there in a chair with his headphones just snapping his fingers going, you there, boy, go! <laughs> but who you call him boy? <laughs> so he's a fabulous the first ethnic man you see and said, I'm about to steal. Do, do, you want, do you want to be the godfather in ten years or do you not? Exactly. Is, it, is it just me who thought, who immediately thought that's exactly what Vince has done, that is exactly what has happened? <laughs> It's this, like this, this was the age of stereotypes, though, wasn't it? So let's be honest. Well, yeah, I, no, I, I completely agree that it is, you know, and you know, I suppose you can't judge it from today's standards, but it it, it was just a bit like, wait, what? Why is he? What? He's a thief. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there is there's nothing more to it. It's like, you, you thief boy. Steal <laughs> that. To be fair, though, as well, they did have a character Vinnie, called the Repo Man, and he was white. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Vinnie Max plays sat in the back, going, um, "You there, uh, Shango?" He's like, "I'm not. I don't do that gimmick anymore, Vince." He's like, "Well, Shango, go to the ring, get the urn." So, Fever it. Papa Shango would have made more sense because at least he might want to be using the power from the urn and harness it's, it, sorry. using it for his voodoo. Yeah, exactly. Whereas now it's just random man steal that and tell us how you want to make a massive chain out of it. Yes, he wants to steal it to go to cash converters. That is what he's going to do. <laughs> so that that could have that could have been a decent storyline for Mania. <laughs> the Godfather goes to cash converters. <laughs> no, like Shang, Shango Shango using the urn. <laughs> it could have done. It would have been a better storyline and match than this. Absolutely. Yeah, um, that would. Yeah. Yeah, that would work. The actual match, not a lot happens. No. Taker no sells well, a lot. Bundy no sells a bit. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty much. I mean, they had um, a scoop Scott slam from Taker that goes into three a flying clothesline to the three count because yeah, cause clearly Taker couldn't get him up for a for a for a tombstone. Yeah, that was weird. That was. Yeah. I, I don't mind, but. He does that, and then Bundy pretty much rolls out the ring straight away as well. It was, and walks off. It was kind of like, uh, right, okay then. Yeah, you take her. Yeah, could have done anything, but we we settled on a clothesline. I mean, could he not have done a DDT? You know, 
Bear in mind that he feuded with Jake. He did. He, he he was capable of doing a running DDT, wasn't he? So why couldn't he have done that? Yeah, exactly. So you know something like that. Something a bit more than the flying clothesline that we have already seen in what. I mean, we're just oh. watching these street matches. We've yeah. already seen it in two of four. Or do, a, or do a flowing clothesline off the top. Yeah. I mean, Something it's just a bit a, more it's, impressive. You say the, the, the sequence, he'd just done a scoop slam. Yeah. So what he could have done is he could have climbed the top rope, wait for him to get to his feet. He waddles over to just about in range to do the flying clothesline off the top. Does that, then you take your pin. Then it looks like a bigger move than it actually yeah. is. No, really, it's the same move. Yeah. Yeah. So it just it just gives it a bit more of a spectacle. It's like, oh god, he's actually done it off the top. This could finish the match. Yeah. Whereas a flying clothesline in the last three matches was just part of his fucking repertoire. Yeah. That that's it. It was like, and he pulls out the standard move that he always pulls out at this moment. And oh, wait, it's a three. Yeah. What? It's like it was almost like, yeah, the the so they could go. Oh, the ref screwed up. The Bundy kicked out. I was like, hmm, well, he didn't, though. Hmm, yeah. Not sure where we're going from here, to be honest. Just, yeah, just meh. Yeah, it was a meh. It well, was just... uh, yeah, it was meh. Taker gets the win with a clothesline in 6 minutes and 36 seconds. So it was shorter than fucking Gonzalez, but it was a better match, even so. So I'd still get, he still gets one casket. Half a casket. Yeah, I'm going with half. Jeez, you guys are harsh. <laughs> the problem is, if I give any any of these like more than two, it's gonna like completely shit on the others. Cause, like the later matches, I'm like, oh, what is that? Five. This one gets eight. <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, I don't know. I, I, it's even louder, Luga. Ow! Ow! I know I'm relatively harsh with like ratings that I give out, but I just feel as though, again, was this a WrestleMania match? Did it have a WrestleMania moment? No. No. no it, it had one that we kind of fought up. You know what I mean? The, the, the most entertaining thing about the match was, hey, look, the Godfather stole that. Well, it was Vince being racist. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Most of the same part of the match was someone that was not in the match. So. Yeah. And the short answer for that is yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> you there, boy. Shango. I'm not Shango anymore. Well, whatever you call, Godfather. Go out there and get that urn. Melt it down booked... into a chain. <laughs> we just booked a better match than this. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's Papa Shango, and he steals the urn so he can use the power from it. That makes way more sense than anything we've seen so far. <laughs> and that, would set, that, that would set up SummerSlam as well. Yeah. Quite easily as well. Yeah. Vince, you know where yeah. we are. Give us a call. Give us an email. I'll and come and the show. <laughs> bro, bro. I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. I don't mean bro. Uh, <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, moving on. Uh, 
we're going to jump forward to the 31st of March, 1996, and it's WrestleMania 12. Yep, it's The Undertaker <laughs> versus Diesel. Yeah, fifth in the streak. Yeah. Or is well, it? Yeah. Well, well, Diesel out again first. I'm not shocked by this. Yeah, and really, really slow. Well, they both they both build to be like you know big men. We're gonna be you know there's, it's gonna be like a power you know power moves you know. So I can kind of understand why like deals will slow out to the ring. Taker's always gonna be slow to the ring, other than when he's yeah. on a motorcycle. Yeah, but the difference this oh, time, um, pyro. True, there was pyro. Yeah. Yep. This is, this is re- it's, uh, WrestleMania Go to Hollywood, isn't it? WrestleMania 12. Yeah. Um, this is also, if you're, if you're counting the Iron Man match, this is the third longest match on the card by one second. Well, to be fair, I I, spoiler alert, I kind of enjoyed this match. Yeah, it weren't bad at all. Um, but what, well, just while I remember... Um, the one thing that we forgot to mention on the last one, last match, the King Kong Bundy match, after the match, was the first use of the eye roll at WrestleMania. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, the eye roll and the. Um... Well spotted. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, again, more the character development. Mm, intriguing. Yeah. Mm. So uh, with this match, it's. Uh... Yeah, so take a challenge, Bret Hart, the Rumble, 96. Uh, Diesel interfered, uh, which led to uh, take a interfering in Diesel's match in your house, Rage in the Cage. And the two would settle the feud here at WrestleMania, which was take his, uh, Diesel's final mania before going to WCW the, the following month. Ah. Fair enough, fair enough. Diesel doing the right, the right thing and dropping the belts. This is that's leading up towards the uh, curtain call incident, isn't it? Yeah. The click. Right. So. Right, right. So oh. yeah, this is this is also one. By the way, this is the first match against someone in from the click in the streak. Yeah, ah. it is. And if you'll notice, there's a hell of a lot of people from the streak. Well. High percentage of matches with people from the street from the click in the uh, Taker streak, and this is the first of them. But he's never had them all because he's never had X Pack at Mania. Yeah. No, he's not had them all. No, he's not had X Pack. No, but he's had most, and he's the most. A lot of his matches has a high percentage of them. Yeah. I'd say nearly a third, if not a third, mm. of the actual undefeated streak. Do you know that it is? There is. Click members in there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, there is because there's seven. Mm. At least. Anyway. So, so yeah, that, we're saying we thought this match was quite good. It's yeah, we starts off it. really quick, which was very surprising. I see it starting out. I didn't enjoy it at first. Did you know? I thought it was really good. Um, I really enjoyed it. For me, it just seemed a bit. It's like standard Nash when he can't be arsed, it to me it was. Oh, you thought Nash phoned it? I think Nash, to me, the the the, the sort of his air of his presence and that, to me, just sort of gave it like, well, I'm, I'm leaving in a month. I don't really give a shit, but I'm here now, I mean, I'm getting my, I'm getting my pay. I'll just phone it in. 
Um, it did improve towards the end, but the problem with like Mania 12 is pretty, it pretty much is like a one-match card because it's it's all building towards uh, Sean Bratt. Mm. So anything yeah. else pretty much is just like throwaway, if anything. Oh. Maybe I say I thought I thought I I didn't think Nash was phoning it in really. I, was, I they went a lot faster than I expected them to, especially to start out. One thing I did notice that the picture seemed to cut out at one point. Yeah, Which, I was asked about that. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's just the network, uh, network because I watched it on the network as well, so I don't yeah. not, not watch the DVD variant yet to see if it's any different. Right. That that could be an issue with the master copy or something. Maybe I'm not sure. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it could be. I thought it was quite a good back and forth. Um, yeah, it was very fifty-fifty, wasn't it, for a good yeah. match? Yeah, and then um, you know it was. It, yeah, it was good. You had, you, you know, you, Taker still got his shit in. Diesel seemed to get his shit in. And, you know, during the mid-match, the pace did slow down, you know. Yeah. I'd expect it to. You know, these are two big individuals who can't be going a million miles an hour the whole time. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I got what you mean. It's, um, um, reading my notes back on the actual match itself, it is very much back and forth. Yeah, um, it's also very. It's probably the the first uh, match in terms of physicality for Taker as well at Mania, where he's sort of gone, yeah, beyond I mean, the past limits of it. Just been like a fucking oh here's a, here's like a guy who's evidently jobbing, yeah, and there's sort of that thing of Diesel's like a sort of credible threat at this point, almost yeah. I think. That's it. I mean, like what they've tried to it seems like what they've tried to do a lot in like at least. After you know, after the first two matches, they've tried to make people seem a threat just because they were as big, or if not slightly bigger than him, and that's kind of what's been threatening about them. But he still dispatched them quite easily, but depending yeah. on what you think of the Gonzalez match. But I'm not going, <laughs> I'm not going back there. Whereas in this one, Diesel is bigger than is bigger, if not you know very close to similar size to him. And he seems like he can go as well. It's not he's just a bigger guy. It's, yeah, he can hang with Taker athletically as well. He's not the yeah. first credible opponent for Taker. Yeah. In the show, at WrestleMania, at least. Yeah, it is. And it showed, and I thought it, and I thought it made the, the match seem better to me. Yeah, I agree. Made yeah. it actually credible. Yeah. Um. You know, I said I was just reading through my notes. You know, first time, first time I've noticed rest in peace chance as well. Yeah. Um, which was that again? It shows the the evolution of Taker and how popular he is now as a face. Yeah, and it's also the first mention of Taker as the phenom as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So there's that as well. So yeah, I'm just looking now to see if there's any firsts because I did try to take a lot of notice on like if there's any firsts in matches and things like that. So, but yeah, it was the first time that Taker was known as the Phenom, so obviously he was known as that going forward. Less so maybe you know obviously going before the year 2000 and after you know after before he gets to you know just after the badass phase of Undertaker when he comes back being like you know the you know the, the dead man Undertaker again. Yeah. 
Um, he is no more like then as the Phenom, but the first mention of him being the Phenom was actually in this match. Right. So, let's go back. But yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. I did. Same. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I was shocked when Nash got him up for the jackknife. Yeah, I didn't think well. that was going to happen. It was twice he did it as well. Yeah, he does it twice, but like the first time he does it and then he taunts the crowd. Yeah. Before Taker sits up and again, it's another one of those like, just pin him. You know, at the end of the day, I'd rather he kicked out at two, two and a half than you hit your finisher and then they're like, yeah, I don't care. Woo. Like, no. Is that not is that not like a standard Nash though? To be fair, really, it is to an extent. But you know, I mean, because because that's what they tried to play up on commentary in that. Well, Nash is this brash character. He is, you know, it's it's almost more bravado than anything else, anyway. Yeah. You know, so he is he is going to react like that. I also noticed another new urn. So this is like the third one. Now. <laughs> Uh, I don't understand why they keep changing them. But at least it looked better than the last match where it looked stupid. And don't forget, Karma stole the last one, so... Well, yeah, I'm sure the last one is now a chain hung up in Godfather's if... strip club. It's in our glass, as we speak. To be fair, if, they, if they, they'd thought about it more logically, they could have had, like, different urns, could have given him different powers and things like that. Yeah, in which one I would have been cool. You know, you could have had one that, you know, almost gives him regenerative, regenerative abilities. You could have had one that, you know, produces the or helps him produce the lightning and stuff like that. It depends how far you want to go with it, because to me, very quickly, the whole magical powers thing, you know, being paranormal, it it wears thin relatively fast. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. well, if he can shoot lightning out of his hands... Why doesn't he just do it in a match and win? <laughs> oh, yeah, just fry him. Just just fry <laughs> his opponent and pin them. He is the champ. <laughs> do you know what I mean, though? That, oh, yeah, I got what you mean. It'd just be quite funny to see him, like, <laughs> grab hold of someone and you see him, like, doing, like, like he's fucking raiding from Mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, but it's almost like... I, I, uh, I'm having flashbacks to bloody uh, Spoony and uh, at that wrestle, wrestle, the wrestle wrestle panel at Magfest a few years oh, ago. Oh yes, yeah. With a bis, when like it's a like bis puts the ring on, he's like, I can feel it, Hulk. I can feel the power. Yeah. Or for like the non wrestling fans out there, play when Carlton gets a little black book from Will. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, dear. So. References going over my head. Oh dear. <laughs> oh well. Uh, I can't yeah. know more. True, true. But yeah, Taker sits up uh, from the first power bomb, then gets jackknifed again, uh, and this time Nash goes for the cover and he gets doozled or goozled, whatever you want to call it, and mm. um, yeah. Somehow we end up in a choke slam. Uh, what have I written down? Oh, <laughs> so he, fights out, he fights out of it three times. Three times he fights out yeah. of the choke. And then he suplexes Taker, Taker's up, no sells it, takes over, choke slam, which looked terrible. 
from what I've written down, and then Tombstone for the free. Well, I know it hits it hits the flying clothesline as well, doesn't he? Before the choke slam, he does. That yeah, was like he's sort of like in moves his moves are doom, so it's like clothesline. That's probably where I put takes control. <laughs> well, I put so takes the takers. I put take a put hit him with a falling clothesline. So obviously, you know, obviously he was over balanced and yeah, yeah. it was more like a showstopper. As what they, yeah, I don't know what choke point, slam, yeah. yeah, it was more like because say that was like a variant of. Um, Big Show's choke slam wasn't it at one point it was known as the showstopper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a bit shit. It was like a choke slam, but you put your hand on their ass and they go down very slowly. Yeah, because you fall to you, you you fall to the floor as you do it. Yeah, that's it. But, so, but yeah, Tombstone uh, free count in sixteen forty four. You know, I thought that was a decent match. It was a good match. I did, I did really enjoy it. I, I yeah. warmed towards it towards the end. Um, I just started out not not liking it for some reason, but like I said, it's probably just because you just watched four really subpar matches. Probably that's why that, that and it's the fact for me, it's like it's like Nash, it's sort of his not caring. He's like, well, I'm leaving. It's like anyone sort of finishing a job. Like I'm leaving in a month. I don't give a shit. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's payday, isn't it? So fuck it. Um, it does get better, but it's like a, it is a very much, for me. It's like a very much standard big man match. Like them watching matches nowadays is sort of they'll plug on back and they've watched things like this. Like when they're watching the tapes and going, "Oh, I can do this like that. This was good in that match, and this was good." And it turned out like they've pretty much taken the the match spot for spot. Yeah, yeah, almost to a degree. Um, yeah, it's one of the probably. The, the best match of the five so far that we've seen. Easily. Yeah, Easily. Um, I'm going to say, I'll read what I've written down as like my summary. I've put, bearing in mind the state the WWE was in at the time, this was a fantastic match. Told a fantastic story, solidifying the fact that Diesel was one of the toughest opponents at Mania to date. Told in the ring and on commentary. Loved it. Best street match so far. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. So, get it watched. Yeah, I, I, to be fair, I would actually recommend this match to people. Like, like I know Cozy says it's like a standard big man match nowadays, but I think if you if you weren't, you got to remember you, the context around it at the time. Yeah, well, I exactly. Mean, what was what? Like I put in at the Ugh. state WWE at that time was fucking awful. Like things like Mabel as King of the Ring. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, if if you watched it, if you watched it back then, it's probably like uh, in ter- it's probably one of the better big man matches. You had the likes of fucking King Kong Bundy, you had Sid, you had Gonzalez, you had fucking all these big guys. But then there's no one like Taker or Diesel at the time that were actually decent at what they could do for their size. Yeah. yeah. Like. Yeah. I th- yeah. Uh, I agree. I mean, again, it it showed. It, it made Diesel look better than I thought Diesel ever could be, really. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the fact that he kept up with The Undertaker, at least in the beginning, surprised me a lot. Because I thought this would be a lot of, you know, the, a lot of Taker using his athleticism and, you know, the fact that he's a slightly smaller guy to bump around and make Diesel look good. But obviously, in the end, take control. Whereas at the beginning... Cosley went so toe-to-toe in the match, was back and forth pretty much the whole time. 
I think that made uh, that made them both look good. Yeah. You know, and it's it's not often that you, I mean, not there's no other match in this that so far in the streak that's made both guys look good. And I think that it's something that the WWE always struggles to do. You know, usually the guy who loses doesn't look good in in the loss. No. Yeah. You know, mm. I just I think this is one of them where they both came out of it looking better than they did going in, which you know it, it's a rare thing. <laughs> Obviously, where where you know where uh, these where where Kevin Nash ended up going, it's a bit, it's a bit of a surprise. Yeah, surprised it worked as like a squash. Mm. So there you go. Yeah, uh, caskets. Um, I'd give it. I'd give it a solid three out of five. Easy. Yeah, I've given it three and a half. Mm. I did really enjoy it. See, so I'm gonna have to go mid road here and give it like a a two and a half. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Just because I know I know what's coming up in time is like it it was good it was the best match of the five so far the first five but it's knowing what's coming up it's like yeah see I don't know I'm just going based on how I feel as I watch it you yeah know, like the the the, pro- the 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 problem with doing it that way is obviously that match stands out as a fantastic match because I've just watched four pieces of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas we're gonna get later on, and we're gonna watch good match, good match, good match, good match, and it's like, ah, uh, I have to rate, you know, uh, you're gonna, yeah. you might err on the side of giving one of them a three and a half, and then you'll compare it to the Diesel match, and be like, well, can I say they're on the same level? But, well, it's, uh, I mean, the, the point well, later on in the, the in the in the uh, run that we're gonna be doing, it's gonna be gonna be saying things like we can only get so erect. Yeah, true. So, but like I say, at this moment in time, that was a masterpiece compared to what we've just been watching. Yeah, Mm. it really was. So, it felt it felt good that it's the first one where I can you can really say Taker was given proper time for a match as well, and it came out probably better than I could have expected. Yeah, and it wasn't really given many short matches. After that, there was one or two, but other than that, there were the, all of them was over, like, well, in or around quarter of an hour, minimum. Yeah, but that's what, you, that's what you'd want from a pay-per-view match, really, you know, that sat relatively high up the card as well. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you don't want a seven-minute match ending in a DQ or four minutes against a fucking bum like Snooker. Yeah, unless it means something, which I will get into when we get to it about a certain match, where the match yeah. is, was not important. Yeah. We'll get on that. So, but yeah, that's, that's that's a good like two episodes away. So, yeah. So, are, are we doing like ratings for the first five matches of the of the streak, or because I've I've done it as I always do mathematically. Oh, uh, we can do. You want to? Well, I don't yeah, mind. go for it. Well, mathematically, it works out at zero stars because zero divided by five is zero. <laughs> so, um, 
going off that is one. It's a one. And that, and that that's for the diesel taker. Because yeah. the rest the rest of them were just sort of dog shit. Yeah, they are. Uh, I can't argue with that too much. I would I would say go watch Diesel Taker. I, I think it's a it's a nice little match. It's you know unless quarter, you're a quarter of an hour. Unless you're a completionist and you have to watch it all and you've got a spare half an hour. Yeah. You might watch the first four, but don't expect anything major from them. <laughs> Don't watch Gonzalez. Just don't. No, do. Do, because it'll make anything WWE does now look like a masterpiece. Well, He'll never the... complain about it again. Yeah. Oh, watch, watch it, but have alcohol ready. There is that. <laughs> there is that. You will need it. You'll need all of the alcohol. <laughs> So yeah. Um anything else you guys want to add or No, no it's just no, it was, it was it, an inauspicious start, you know, and but by the end you're starting to see, you know, signs of what Taker is and what Taker has become. Mm-hmm. This is it. I mean when when you um when I did I obviously yeah, I got what that took the piss by going, Ooh, Pyro you know, at the beginning of, like, the Diesel match, but it was like, but it's clear to see that WWE knew they had a star on their hands at this yeah. point. So they would have, like, you know, they were investing time and money in him, like, developing his character, giving him little bits and bobs, giving him more time on the card, giving him little special, like, tweaks and things like that. It's... Yeah, you don't get that unless you think you've got your worth the time to mess around with. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, get Diesel, get Diesel Taker watched and only watch the others if you have to. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for us then. Uh, for me. Yeah. Join us next week as we cover uh, 6 through to 10, which that's is going to take us... We could through to from nineteen ninety seven to two thousand two. Ooh, big jump. <laughs> so um yeah, right, uh give yourself some plugs, boys. Do you wanna go first, Buncle? Go on then. If you've enjoyed listening to my voice as much as I enjoy listening to my voice, you can find me playing the Dragonborn Paladin, Clanless Rogar, on Gunpowder, Treason, No Plot, which you can find on all good podcast providers, and you can follow them on Twitter at Treason No. Mm. And you can find me also on the RAD Live podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at UK RAD Podcast. We are on Facebook, and you can find us on all the good podcasting places like Spreaker, iTunes, and many other podcasts like catching places but also if you want to see someone act like a complete cunt you can also follow my my uh, D&D character Steve GTMP where recently I've uh, made a list and everyone's on it <laughs> including you Bunkle oh, sorry Rogar <laughs> well, that's because I am a hero
<laughs> I'm not the hero that this town needs, but I am the hero that you deserve. <laughs> I must have been really bad in a past life. <laughs> the problem is when Bunkle figures out how to like do a real American on a banjo, and starts like playing everywhere, introducing himself as I am, I am <laughs> Rogar Paladin. That's in four. That's it. That's in. That's it. That's in four. That's in four level ups. I'm sure it is. <laughs> Have to burn all of his spell slots for that. Probably. So uh, yeah. So for the lost art of wrestling, I've been Coxie. I've been Billy the Boy Bunkle. And I've been the Flaming Grill. And this is a podcast where we ask, "Who better than Canyon?" <laughs> <laughs>